0: Max, the one to watch for the best in entertainment, now has live sports with the Bleacher Report Sports Add-on. Five, four, three, two, one go. Stream hundreds
1: of select live games from MLB,
0: That's gonna go. Go!
1: NBA, NHL, US Soccer, and NCAA Men's March Madness,
0: we just seen we and it's all included for a limited time with any Max subscription. He got it. After the promo period, add it for nine ninety nine a month. Base subscription required
1: Fem, Welcome back, FemFam. Fam. We have another fabulous guest for you. Yes, yes. It is Miss Ellie Wells, writer director of Eagle Rock. Um, we got introduced to Ellie through WIMPS, Women in Moving Pictures, which is um this group email thing for female filmmakers. Um, And Elliot reached out about her film, Eagle Rock, and, you know, was hoping to kind of drum up some PR and talk to some people. And so we're here to talk to her today about her process and her film. So thank you for coming on today. Of course. So tell us a little bit about before we even get into Eagle Rock specifically, like what motivated you to become a filmmaker? Is this one of your first films and just, yeah. How'd you get started? Sure,
0: Yeah, sure. So um, I grew up in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, She's I there
1: right now, the folks. Brother, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm there
0: right great. now, yes. Um, and I just always, from a very early age, uh, just even like what I remember is like being exposed to stories and mm-hmm. like reading and like, you know, having my parents read to me or, you know, watching uh-huh. TV shows or movies. And like, it was a lot of Disney movies in the yeah. early days. And my mom and brother and I, we all watched like, Spider Man and and Space Jam and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely early two thousands kids. But yeah. um, I just remember, like, I, I never remember a time in my life when I didn't write or I didn't want to mm-hmm. come up with my own stories. And you know, as I kind of got older, I started getting more serious about it. And I thought, you know, when I was twelve, thirteen, fourteen, I was going to be a novelist and I was mm-hmm. going to write books. And you know, I had all these ideas for novels that I wanted to write and. Um, but I also always watch movies, even from the time when I was 13, 14. I'm like, oh, there are these, you know, famous classic movies like Casablanca and Gone yeah, with the Wind yeah. and Citizen Kane that I haven't seen. So, you know, I would walk over to my library and I, you know, I would rent the DVDs and I'd watch them. Uh, to Kill Mockingbird mm-hmm. um, was another one I watched. Um you know, when I was that age and, you know, some of those movies I resonated with me at that age, others didn't, but, um, and then I've been able to, you know, go back and appreciate them more now that I've been older. Um, but I just really had a love of movies and I always loved going to the movies and, um, you know, when I was about 16, so yeah, it would have been my junior year of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I started to realize that, um, you know, filmmaking was the medium that I wanted to tell stories in. So I um, went to film school at Emerson College. I made a couple of shorts there. And then I was out in LA, um, which is where I made Eagle Rock.
1: That's awesome. I think it's awesome, too, that you like decided at a pretty young age, like, I want to go into filmmaking. That's how I want to tell my stories, because then you're like, mm-hmm. you're ready. You're ready in time to go to film school and like <laughs> mm-hmm. you know get all of that started when you're young. I think that's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the story is actually pretty funny because um, the program is uh, sadly defunct now. And oh, really? I was actually part of the last year. Um but it was called Milwaukee Film Collaborative Cinema, and uh, the same people that run the film festival in Milwaukee every year, they do, they did a, um, it was a program for high school students, mm. and then they could submit a pitch for a short script, Okay. and okay. I'd never written a script before at this point, and I know um, somebody who went to my high school, who I think was a year or two older than me, had actually won the competition, like, I think two years before... Um, Me. So she um, basically her film got made, which is really cool. And so that's how I was familiar with the um, competition. And I'm like, you know, I've never written a script before. I have no idea how it works. I've never been on a film set in my life. Um, But I have nothing to lose. And it was some like 350. Hmm. It was a couple hundred pitches, I think. And they picked the top 50. Um, to go to, like, a two-day workshop, mm-hmm. and um, I thought, oh, you know, there's so much competition, like, I doubt I'll get it, and, you know, but, you know, what do I have to lose, right? Mm-hmm. So, my script was picked um, to be workshop in that top 50, and we learned all about screenplay format, and, you know, how to make movies, and we had our script workshop with, like, in- like, professionals that, you know, were in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. It was really, really cool. Yeah. And, um, basically, so we had to come out of that workshop with a finished, uh, script for Uh our film. And then they would pick the top five. And, um, from there they would, you know, pick a script to actually produce. Mm. And I thought, Oh, you know, all these pitches are so cool. There's no way. (laughs) Um, but my script was one of the top five and, um, it wasn't the, um, One that was ultimately picked, but, you know, I got to be on the set of the film that was made and I was a PA essentially. and It was really, really cool. And then I think I decided from that moment onward, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do.
1: I mean, even just to get that far, like having never written a script before, like we were just talking about that with our previous guest of like, just do it. <laughs> like you're mm-hmm. gonna make the mistakes, just do it, just try it. And just to get that far is amazing. That's mm-hmm. and it's
0: that's well, such a what cool I figured progress. when I remember submitting um to that competition is I was like, Well, should I do this or not? And I'm like, Well, I don't have anything to lose. If yeah. I'm not picked, I'm in exactly the same place that I was before.
1: Exactly. Um so Let's talk about Eagle Rock. Um, Sure. So we watched the trailer. It looks super awesome. I'm really excited. We've been following you on social media with it. Mm -hmm.
2: I love, yeah, the social media posts are really cool. I love the little vignettes that you picked out. Um, Definitely where where are these culty vibes coming from can you tell us like what inspired you what's well tell sure. our listeners the brief like I guess you know your the story line. behind the it story, yeah yeah
0: sure so um it, it's kind of a long story because the inspiration for it didn't come overnight um mm-hmm. but the short version I like to tell is that I was um on a plane or I was at an airport and mm-hmm. I think I was coming to LA and it was a yeah six hour flight I think from, from where I was in Boston. And I like, I had, you know, my computer and movies and stuff, that I'm like, Oh, I want to read a book. So I was in the, those little, like, what are they Hudson books or something <laughs> yeah, that yeah. they have at every airport. And yep. I was- saw The Girls um, by Emma Klein. And I'm like, I'd heard a lot of buzz about that book. Mm-hmm, and I'm uh-huh. like, oh, I'll check it out. It looks really interesting. And I heard I kind of had heard that it was inspired by like the Manson family. And I didn't really know anything about Charles Manson. Uh-huh. Then other than, you know, just some vague awareness of him as a cultural and historical figure. And I got the book, and I read it, and I was really, really enamored with it, and I didn't know anything about the, you know, the actual story, and Mm -hmm. I was very, very hungry to. Um, And the premise of the book is about, it's about this 14-year-old girl, um, and she basically um, meets and becomes involved with these older girls that are a part of the, you know, the leader's inner circle, and they're very, very close to him, and they Mm -hmm. end up ultimately, killing for him and you know it's fictional characters um very much like eagle rock is but it's told the perspective of this young girl who's very enamored with these older girls but is distant from them uh-huh. and i read the book and i thought well what if i told that story but those those older girls were the main characters and it was okay. their story and that's basically i mean it's a long story but that's the short version of how i up <laughs> um the premise for for this film that's
1: awesome. I mean, like, I know personally, I love like films about culty stuff, <laughs> like Charles Manson. I'm gonna say is my favorite serial serial killer. I know it sounds <laughs> a little weird, but like, I just find that story so interesting, and like the whole like how those people just the manipulation, yeah, fell the in love coercion, with him and just and, like were willing the, to do anything. Yeah,
2: the the love story, actually, the the twisted love story behind all of
0: that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's cause always... the other, the other piece of it too, is I was reading and I I had known, you know, about Sharon Tate before, and I knew that she was, you know, a victim of the Manson family, but I didn't know that Manson himself did not actually, he, he was not physically present that night yeah. and he had these, mm-hmm. these girls to do his bidding. And I remember reading about them and I think it was Patricia Krenwinkel that I read about first, or maybe it was Mary Brunner and, um, no, it was Patricia Krenwinkel and she was one of the, the killers who remains in prison to this day. And just reading about how she met Charles Manson and I can't remember exactly how, um, it happened, but I think she was, you know, she was young. She was a little bit younger than me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think she just had a, you know, she had an apartment and a job and, you know, she, she hadn't really dated before and like didn't really, you know, she was that, you know, attractive and she Mm -hmm. didn't really get any attention from, from men. And then like, it was kind of lonely. And then he, he shows up and tells her, you know, she's beautiful and she's loved. And, Mm -hmm. um, so then she drops everything to be with him. And, you know, there was something about that and her story and her Mm -hmm. life, you know, before she met Charles Manson that I really resonated with in my own life. And, um, I was, you know, I was uncomfortable with that at first. And then the more I tapped into it, the more the story started to grow. And even with, you know, the other two girls, Susan Atkins is probably someone who, you know, was maybe the most quote unquote crazy of the three of them. And she had this very, very hard life, but you look at her past and there's this very human story there. Yeah. And it's the same thing with, you know, Leslie Van Houten, how she was, you know, she was very, you know, pretty and she was a she was a homecoming queen and um you know very popular and a lot of people got along well with her but you know there was something missing in her life that she didn't have and you know the more and it's not just the three of them it's more stories of these women that I was really really interested in and I saw a lot of myself in them in different ways and um the story just kind of kind of built itself from there
1: I think that's awesome to like, you know, people, they hear about the history of it and what happened and what these people did. And they're like, oh, it's crazy. How do you get wrapped up in that? But no, like these are normal people that, you know, quote unquote, well, I mean, <laughs> maybe something's wrong in there, but like really, you know, they're normal people like that, you know, are missing something in their lives or are finding this this person right. or this lifestyle or whatever that is really, you know, speaks to them and they fall in love with. And I think that that's awesome that, you know, it's, it's a story that is humanizing that, you know, and it's mm-hmm. allowing us to relate to those girls mm-hmm. right I mean,
2: that was going to be my like follow-up question for you is how did you I mean you went from just picking up you know this crime novel a fiction novel in mm-hmm. a, an airport bookstore and that's a whole different like you know that world of you know crime with you know cult vibes and that whole thing you know orgy sesh, whatever, (laughs) like, how did you, where did you find those stories and you found it through those girls' paths and their upbringings? Like you research, you did the research there and Mm -hmm. found elements where you can connect to as other people can. And like Tessa was saying, humanizing it. Mm -hmm. So is it, is that how you started to build that world around it for your writing?
0: Totally. Um, one great resource for me was, um, uh, Karina Longworth, uh, you must remember this podcast and the season she did one season where it was a whole deep dive on Charles Manson mm-hmm. and, um, it went into a lot of those girls' pasts. And I remember, mm-hmm. um, it was like 12 episodes and they're like an hour each or something like yeah. that. And I listened to the entire thing, I think, in two days. I remember like I was on an hour and a half train ride, and you know, I had my headphones in listening, and I'm just like, I want more, 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 more. <laughs> and then I ended up finishing it in two days, and that was a really good overview. So I think that was my next um, thing that I really uh, delved into after, um, you know, reading that book. And then, mm-hmm. um, I read a lot about Jonestown and those stories mm-hmm. as well, and um, just watching documentaries, reading articles, um, yeah, uh, just just finding those stories um, wherever I could. And the other thing too, on um, the other piece of it that I'll mention, so um, the first Manson girl, um, Mary Brunner, and how I came up with the idea for you know this to be the story of the the first girl to be a part of this cult is the Manson, the first Manson girl, Mary Brunner. She was again very similar. Um, So, you know, she just graduated college Mm -hmm. and, you know, didn't really get that much attention from men, you know, in her life. And she moved um, from California uh, to California from Wisconsin, actually, you know, just kind of start her life. And Mm -hmm. um, she seemed like, you know, she had a pretty good head on her shoulders. And then she met Charles Manson um, and uh, she basically. I, I think about that, and they moved in together. Yeah. And I think about that, and I think about her, and I think about her, um, not really, maybe getting ultimately what she thought she was signing up for. But yeah. even so, she stayed. Mm. She didn't, you know, participate in the murders. But even so, she ended up staying um, in the cult until the end. Mm. And I wonder about that, and I wondered about her mindset and how she would justify, you know, staying with him. When all of these other girls started, you know, coming into the fray, and I don't remember what it was or where I read this, um, but I think I remember reading that she said something to the effect of like, "Oh, he always came back to me."
1: Oh, okay. Um, so
0: I thought that was really interesting, and um, so it's like it was basically- a
1: powerful,
2: like convincing statement to oneself to be like you know but at the end of the day he's choosing me you know Mm -hmm. and And I think he
0: called her you know even with the other girls he called her mother Mary Mm -hmm. um and just kind of gave her a status in some way that was you know maybe above the others or Mm -hmm. you know it would depend on you know how he was feeling and what girl he would shower with attention on you know on a given day or time but um, I thought you know what if that first girl what if I had that dynamic and explored that dynamic but um you know, this girl did end up killing for him. Mm -hmm. I think that's
1: awesome, too, that, you know, you are writing a fictional story, but you're using all the actual history to build these characters and build the story. Like, I think that's so important for writers that, you know, if you're writing in, I shouldn't say a genre, but if you're writing a story that is, somewhat based on true events whether you're using the real characters or not you know to do that research and like get into that mindset like say you're writing a story about I don't know like a, a veteran or something but you've never you know been in combat or been a part of like you know just to really research like what it's like to be in that mind that person's you know psyche and I think that's awesome that you're doing all that research.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I didn't just research Manson. I did, um, like I said, the other one I researched a lot is Jonestown and that's mm. fascinating. And I haven't heard of that
2: for... oh, Jonestown one. What's that one about?
0: Yeah. So that was in Guyana in 1978. Um, and Jim Jones was this, he was a, he was a pastor um, and he started in the sixties. Um, and basically he, you know, preached equality, you know, it was the sixties, um, and he started in Indiana and eventually moved to San Francisco and, uh-huh. um, his church was going to be this integrated church where, you know, blacks and whites and everybody could come together and, you know, be a part of this congregation. And, he, you know, it, that one hits me because, you know, it, it his, policies were like very Mm left-leaning and we don't have to you know go down the the political road but (laughs) (laughs) um I even if it's not me it's my the the people that are described you know that were a Mm -hmm. part of Jonestown are people that are my my friends and my family yeah so that's something that that hit me very much and he you know I've listened to you know his sermons that he recorded and he was someone who seemed like he attracted people who wanted to make a positive difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And eventually they moved out to Guyana yeah. and started Jonestown, which is this agricultural commune. Um, but there's, there's so much more to it. And then they ended up getting um, the short version is that they, there was a congressional investigation um, into them that went out to Guyana and you know, yeah. things fell apart after that. And that's mm-hmm. when they all drank cyanide-based Kool-Aid and yeah. oh. I think it was nine hundred and eighteen people died. and yeah it's it's fascinating and horrifying all the same but you know I did a lot of research into them as well Mm -hmm. um for your that that's where I was also gonna
2: I was curious about for your film your story was it bordering um like religious cult or cult of just a family kind of
0: I think it's just the cult of the family, and, you know, it's it's really, you know, there's only so much of, you know, the actual philosophy that I get into in the short, but it's the cult of, you know, worshipping him, and I think, you know, touching on these these countercultural ideas of the late 1960s, and, you know, attracting, you know, these young people that really, you know, maybe didn't see themselves in the generation of their parents, and, you know, wanted to make this positive difference in the world, and, you know, weren't, weren't attracted to this because, you know, they were heartless, but because they did have hearts. And then, Mm. you know, this, um, uh, like I said, this breakdown, it doesn't happen overnight. It happens slowly over time. Yeah.
1: Speaking on that too. Like, I mean, you could talk about this story like for hours, right? How long is your short?
0: It's about 25 minutes long. Okay. Nice. Mm -hmm.
2: Nice. And, um, where do you see it going?
0: Right yeah. What's your dream?
1: Um, like, where do you ultimately want to see it?
0: Yeah. Well, um, I would like to, you know, this short to be out in the world and to be seen by as many people as possible. Um, but there's, there's also a feature version that I'm, um, you know, kind of working on getting my ducks in a row and there's, you know, more, more story to tell. And I think these characters uh, over the past, you know, year or so have, you know, taken on life of their own and I want to be able to share their story with as many people as possible.
1: That's awesome. And where are you right now in the filmmaking process? Like, are you still in post or is it totally finished?
0: Yeah, so we're in post. Um, we should be done in the next month or so. And I'm hoping, you know, to to have a film ready to share with people by the fall.
1: That's awesome. Are you planning to go like kind of festival route first? Or do you have a whole plan with that yet?
0: I think so. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still figuring it out. I would love to, you know, submit it to festivals and, you know, be able to. I think the thing is, I would really like to be able to, you know, be able to talk to my audience about what they saw and about the themes and the characters. And, um, yeah, I think that that piece of it is important to me. And I think my goal with, you know, this story is really to, um, allow people to understand that, you know, these girls being abused and broken down, um, Mm -hmm. by, you know, by this cult leader um it's not an excuse for what they did but it's a part of that story and it's worth discussing and considering and then considering how somebody in the future maybe doesn't follow that same path or doesn't say that it could never happen to you because you know you don't you you don't necessarily know. know that yeah
2: that's a that's a really cool factor in the message i think that you can share with your audience, and it would be really cool to to hear feedback i'd i'd love I'd be interested you know to hear yeah. kind of what people's reactions are to that and what emulates in their lives yeah, um, so
1: please keep us updated please. when we're of able course. to watch it and share it with everybody. I'm excited to see yeah. it yeah,
2: do you see yourself making other stories in a similar genre um do you think this might be kind of where you end up going as a filmmaker or um,
0: where else do you think you might explore? Yeah. Um. So, I have a lot of you know ideas for for different stories that I want to tell, and I think um some are in the same genre and others aren't. Um. But I will say what is consistent about you know just the kind of films I want to make and how I want to be perceived as a filmmaker is I wanna I want to tell stories that touch upon you know humanity and are are flawed and you know uh, you know mostly mostly young women and you know how how they see the world and how they respond to the world and how they find their place in it and um i just want to tell stories about very flawed but very real women um and i think um i guess if i encapsulate it i like to tell dramas but um, yeah, I love really that. Just, that's so I think specific. really thoughtful, yeah. character-driven pieces about mm-hmm. people, you know, finding their place in the world and um you know, figuring out what you know, this whole existence means. And I would say that's the that's a common theme and even you know all all the films I've made so far and the films that I want to make in the future. that's
1: awesome. I mean, that's always interesting to watch because it's always relatable, you know. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. So where can our listeners follow you like social media wise updates on Eagle Rock or yourself as a filmmaker?
0: Yes. So um, I'm I'm most active on Instagram. And uh, if you want to follow all news for the film, it's at Eagle Rock short. Awesome. And then um, my personal page is Ele- at uh, Eleanor Brin. Awesome. Perfect.
2: Yes, guys, go follow her again. Check her out the trailer. We are loved are cool. it. Yeah. we love the trailer. So Give our friend ellie wells a shout out and again thank you everyone for listening to and us. thank you Ellie, for coming for on coming. and talking to of us of course today.
1: it was a pleasure
2: yay. yay we'll be in touch and keep us updated when it's yes listeners will update you
1: when she lets us know yes. so we can all watch it together <laughs> <Right>. sounds great <laughs> all right thank you guys we'll see you next time see ya cool. thanks for listening to fem regard podcast If you like what you hear, tune in next time for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals over tea.
2: We can only grow with your support, so please subscribe, share, rate, and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you leave us a great comment, we might give you a shout-out on the show. For more on us, check us out at famregard.com.
0: You're listening to the Geekscape Network.